0: So we are in this series looking at the promises of God. Uh, The first week we looked at the promise of new life. We looked at the story of Jesus' baptism and and the new life that we find in Christ. Last week uh, we looked at the promise of faithfulness, that God is faithful. We went through uh, Psalm 107 looking at the steadfast love of God, the the love that does not fail, that, that even in the midst of storms, even in the midst of trials, Uh, things that are not going well, we can stand on the promises of God, that God is faithful and he will calm the storms with just a whisper, that through just a whisper the storms will calm. And so today we're going to be continuing looking at the promises of God. I think for many of us, we like to be safe. We like safety, right? Even the, the, the daredevils among us, which is not me, for those of you, for those of you who are daredevils and risk-takers, uh, there's still a threshold of safety that you want, right? Like, like even a skydiver wants to make sure that the parachute is in good condition, right? Like so, th- so we all have a certain threshold of safety. We want to be safe, and some of us, that threshold is... Way down here, some of it is up high, but we, we, want, to, we want to be safe. When we're, we're looking for homes, when we're looking for schools, when we're, we're trying to make decisions about where to go and not to go, we want to be safe. I was looking online and found a lot of safety fails. We're just going to kind of scroll through a, a few of these. Um, people who maybe didn't have enough sense. Let's go ahead and click on the next one. Um, so use of ladder is kind of a common theme here. Uh, many of these are captioned, um, why women live longer than men. Um, you know, the fanny pack there is the real problem. Uh, yeah, so, you know, locked, yeah, not, not too safe. It, it takes a while on that one. These are going quick. Some of these are pretty obvious pretty quickly that there's a problem here. Uh, Yeah, why not take a break underneath the heavy equipment? Or mow the hedges (laughs) hanging from a crane? Think safety first. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, so uh, lots of safety fails. Maybe in the moment that seemed like a really great idea. And then it's like, well, maybe not. And and it seems like most of these uh, have something to do with height. And um, ladders are this common theme, right? They're always trying to get a bit higher than what the ladder will reach. Uh, maybe there's a metaphor there. Just you know, it's just out of reach, and we have to stand on a bucket to get just a little bit higher, or, or, or rig up a ladder. Uh, but we we crave security, and sometimes we don't do it so well. But we want to be safe. The psalmist uh, expresses this in Psalm 27: this desire to be safe. And so Psalm 27 starts off, the Lord is the light of my salvation. That's whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? I I don't want to be afraid. I I don't want to, to live in fear. And so God is my stronghold and God is my salvation. I hold to those things. Continuing on in Psalm 27, one thing I ask of the Lord, this only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord forever, to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his holy temple. For in the day of trouble, how many of you can relate to a day of trouble? In a day of trouble, he will keep me safe in his dwelling. He will hide me in the shelter of his sacred tent and set me high upon a rock. Then my head will be exalted above the enemies who surround me. At his sacred tent, I will sacrifice with shouts of joy. I will sing and make music to the Lord. There's this desire for safety, that if I can be dwelling in the house of the Lord, I will not fear. If I can be dwelling in the house of the Lord, my enemies will not get to me. The Lord is the light of my salvation. The Lord is my stronghold. And and the psalmist is, is longing to live in this place with God. It's a place where we are comforted, a place where we are welcomed, a place where we are provided shelter. It's a place that's safe from enemies. God provides a place of safety and security. And so I can relate to this psalmist who, who craves this, this wanting this place of safety. And as we talked about last week, the faithfulness of God is absolutely true and absolutely promised to us. We want to be safe, we want all of our fears to disappear in the presence of God's power. And God is faithful in that. He protects us. He provides for us. And yet, I read through the Gospels and I read through the story of Jesus and Jesus' call to his disciples. And we see in here a story where where Jesus is not letting us play it safe. That safety is not Jesus' first concern. We're going to be in Matthew chapter 4 as Jesus launches into his ministry. In in chapter 3, we see the story of Jesus' baptism, which we did a couple weeks ago. And and we see that he's baptized by John the Baptist and and this connection with with Jesus and the larger picture of what God is doing. And then John the Baptist is arrested and we get to this story here in chapter 4. Jesus has been out being tempted in the wilderness for 40 days and then he launches into his ministry in verse twelve. When Jesus heard that John had been put in prison, he withdrew to Galilee. Leaving Nazareth, he went and lived at C- Capernaum, which was by the lake in the area of Zebulun and Naphtali, to fulfill what he said, through, what was said through the prophet Isaiah. So we got this. Prophecy here that he's referencing back this connection to Isaiah that God is that, that God is at work in something and Jesus is a fulfillment to something bigger. It says, "Land of Zebulun, land of Naphtali, the way of the sea beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people living in the darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. Jesus is the great light." That is shining through the darkness. It seems like the story jumps to something else. But this is a continuation. These two paragraphs go together. Because Jesus is establishing himself as, as a part of the plan of God. The fulfillment of God's promises. Jesus is the light in the darkness. And it continues. From, the time of Je- from that time on, Jesus began to preach. He's established who he is, and he begins to preach, repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. As Jesus was walking beside the the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter, and his brother Andrew, and they were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people, at once they left their nets and followed him. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They were in a boat with their father Zebedee preparing their nets. They're here working with their father, preparing their nets, doing what fishermen do. And Jesus called them. And immediately they left the boats and their father, and followed him. Jesus went throughout Galilee teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness among them. And so we have this picture of of Jesus bringing up the prophet of Isaiah, talking about how he is the light for the world, and he comes and he starts gathering people to follow him, gathering people to, to, to work with him, these disciples. And he says, come, follow me. And they drop everything, drop their livelihood, drop their work, even drop their family to follow what Jesus is calling them into. This is not safe. This is not comfortable. They're being called into something greater. And so Jesus encounters these fishermen, and, and he challenges them and says, follow me. It means sacrificing economic security. It means sacrificing livelihood. It, it means sacrificing social standing and even place in the family. It means entering into something totally unknown, a future that is questionable entirely at the mercy of God. And they drop everything, and they follow Jesus doesn't say, follow me, and I'll make sure that nothing bad happens to you. Jesus doesn't say, follow me, and it will be easy. Jesus says, follow me, not knowing what will happen and where it will lead. And so so to be clear, Jesus is to follow God, who is our light of salvation. And so to follow Jesus is to choose this stronghold for our life. Jesus is the stronghold of our life. But to follow Jesus is not to receive absolute security, is not to receive absolute certainty. To follow Jesus is is to receive this odd promise I will make you fish for people. We don't think of this as a promise of God. New life, yes. Faithfulness of God, yes. But to say God is promising you a ministry. God is promising that you, if you are following him, you will be fishers of people. It's a promise for each of us. Jesus shows us this, this path of reconciliation with God. He shows us this way of salvation, but he will also give us a purpose along the way. He will give us a ministry along the way. And so if we are entrusting our lives to Jesus, if we are following him, if we, if we really have dropped the nets and followed then Jesus is entrusting in each and every one of us this incredibly holy work of building the community of God. That that all of us have a place to play in building up the community that gathers in his name. That as the church that gathers in the name of Christ, we are all ministers, we are all priests, we are all ministering grace to others. And that's the call on every one of our lives. Jesus promises us this. Cast a net and fish for people. And so, so what does it mean to, to receive this particular promise? What does that mean on our lives at, at, at the very heart of the assurance that Jesus will turn these catchers of fish into catchers of people is, is a challenge to reach out to others in the name of Jesus. That if we are, are, are casting out our nets to reach people, then we will reach others for the name of Jesus and in the name of Jesus. And it's helpful to remember that that the fishermen in, in Palestine, they're not sitting on the banks with their pole and their hook. They're not hooking people. They're not dragging people in. They're not injuring them in the process. How many of you have seen evangelism that is more about injuring in the process as you hook them and bring them in? But no, we've got nets that catch. Nets that surround and gather. It's a calling for each of us. Last week we, we talked about our, our identity and our obedience because of who we are, because of who the Father is. We, we put up this triangle that, that I want to show again. Th- this triangle that, that has the Father at the top of the triangle. Got that next one up there. We've got the Father at the top of this triangle. And the Father loves us. We're restored into relationship with the Father through Jesus. We're reconciled with the Father. We are now heirs and sons and daughters of the Father. And because of our relationship with the Father, we have a newfound identity a new purpose, a new calling on our lives. And that identity is a gift to us. And it's a promise to us. It's not earned. We don't work for it. We don't show up to church often enough to get it. Who we are is because of the Father. And it's flowing out of that newfound identity, that newfound purpose that we find our ministry that we find our calling, and that's where obedience is at. That we're faithfully living out the calling on our lives. And so if if we are fully living out our newfound identity in Christ, then you will be living out this call to be ministers of grace. And if you're not living out this call to be ministers of grace, maybe we need to take a step back and really understand who we are in the eyes of a loving father. That if he loves us so much, that he would give his son for us, should that not completely transform how we live and how we share that love with others? You see, God is on a mission in this world. He's at work and he will continue to be at work even if you continue to sit there and do nothing. He will continue to be at work. But he has a calling on each of our lives to join with him in this great mission, in this kingdom of God, sharing and spreading the good news of Jesus. Will you share that message? Because we live in a, p- a place where people are falling. People are crashing down all around us. They are lonely, they are depressed, they are hungry, they are desperate. People are, are nursing these injuries of, of abuse and neglect. They are nurse, nursing injuries of, of bad experiences by organized religion. People need this good news. They need this message of love. They need forgiveness. They need repentance. People are falling all around us and there needs to be a net to catch them. And so will we all stand in this place holding this net, working together to catch the people that are falling? And it's, it's a net that is given to us that is, is woven together by, by the good news of Jesus. Not there to injure, not to hook, not to reel in, but to catch those who are falling, those who are hurting. The net isn't a trap, and it's not a trick. The net is a gift of God's grace, a gift of healing and love given to a creation that is given into falls. We trip so often. We fall so often. And we all need that net to catch us. We share and minister to others this this ministry of grace. Not because we've got it all figured out. Not because we haven't stumbled or we no longer stumble. We share this love with others, catching people as they fall, and oftentimes being the ones that need to be caught. Jesus says, Follow me, and I'll give you a piece of this net to catch people. Hold on to this piece of this net. You don't have to hold the net all by yourself. You don't have to be the only one that's out there in a boat trying to catch these fish, trying to clumsily handle this net all by yourself. He says, here is a piece of the net. Hold on to a piece of the net and do your part with this net. And so when we follow Jesus, we we say, yes, I'm going to drop what I'm doing and I'm going to be fishing for people and I'm going to stand up even though my knees are bloodied up from falling, I'm going to stand up and I'm going to take a corner of the net. But we live in a world that makes it difficult to follow. We live in a world that is skeptical of authority. We live in a world that is divided onto extremes. We we live in a world that idolizes independence, that seeks self-sufficiency, that that craves control, that wants safety. And when you grab a hold of that net, you give up safety. And you give up control and you give up self-sufficiency, and you give up independence because now you are a part of the kingdom of God. And so our church has had a long history of moving out of the comfort zone, moving out of what is safe, and moving into places that have incredible kingdom impact. All the way back to 1914 where a couple gets together in their house and starts having a Bible study in their home. And that grows and people find their way to Christ and are reconciled to God because this couple grabs a hold of the net and says, we're going to be a part of the kingdom work here. And it grows and they, they build a, a building on Forrester Avenue in town, which is now downtown And it continues to grow and they continue to reach people and it becomes the Fifth and Marble Congregation, a congregation that my great-grandparents went to. And a wealthy oil man and visionary leaders of this church says, you know what, this city is growing, it is booming, and we need churches in every neighborhood of this town. We need churches everywhere in Albuquerque. And so we're going to plant churches wherever people are moving into And we're going to be a part of holding the net and catching people and reaching people for Jesus. And so they plant one of those churches at the very far north side of town on San Pedro, south of Montgomery. On the edge of nothing, they plant this church. And the city booms around them, and the city grows around them, and the church grows. And they say, We need something different because we've got to keep holding on to this net. And so there's this dirt road, and we're going to go build a church on this dirt road called Montgomery Boulevard. And it's the first church that's built on this street. Nothing is built around this building. And here we are, a church on Montgomery Boulevard in the middle of one of the densest parts of the city in a needy part of the city, in a wealthy part of the city, on a busy part of the city, on a dying part of the city, in a growing part of the city. This neighborhood is all of those. And we gather together, and we grab a hold of the net, and we say we're going to catch people. And it's not going to be safe, And it's not going to be easy. And there are going to be challenges along the way. And there are going to be splits along the way. And difficulties along the way. But we get up off of our bloodied knees and brush ourselves off and keep moving forward. And it's not something just for me. It's not just for a handful of people. If you are sitting here today, this is for you. It's a promise from God that you will be fishers of people. Not just a select few. Not just a priesthood somewhere else. Not just for the professionals. But we all grab a hold of this net and fish for people together and so we're in this season of our church where we're looking out on the horizon and saying what's next for us and we're looking with anticipation at at being able to sell this building and and move into a new building but it's not just about a new building it's about having a different net it's about holding on to a net together That we're not moving into something just so it's shiny and new for us. So that we can be more comfortable because, you know, those chairs would be more comfortable than these pews. That is not why we're doing this. We've said that we're doing this to reach new people with new things. That we want to broaden the net. Broaden what we're doing as a church We're gonna be launching a new worship gathering as a part of this. And it's gonna be different from anything that we've experienced in this room. And that is scary and it's different and it's out of our comfort zone, but we want to catch people and not just feed ourselves. And so in the days and the weeks and the months to come, as we look forward to moving into this new building, can we imagine what it will be like for this community to be transformed through the name of Jesus? Not just so that we can have something comfortable, but so that lives are changed and those who are falling are caught. We look at the horizon and long to be fishers of people. We look at launching a new building but also this new worship gathering that is, is reinvented and different from what we have ever imagined. Something that is missional, something that is, is reaching new people. Imagine what that would look like. And are you ready to grab a hold of the net? Because it will not work with one or two people. We all have different gifts. We all have different abilities. We all have have different amounts of time, talent, and treasure. But we all pull those together and work together for the kingdom of God. Because each of us has been given a ministry. Each of us has been given a ministry to share the love of Jesus with those around us. And so for each of us we individually have to say God what are you saying to me and how do you want uh, how can I be used by you what do you want to do through me what is your ministry how are you ministering grace to others is it at work is it in your neighborhood is it at your school is it in this neighborhood is it in this building is it out of this building Because we're all ministers of grace. And there are people around us falling hard. And they just need that message of hope and love. So prayerfully consider this question. God, what do you want to do through me? And when he gives you something, be ready to act. And it most certainly will not be safe. And it most certainly will not be comfortable. But it will be the most exciting adventure you've ever been on. Because God is on the move. And he wants each of us on board with him. Let's be standing together. We're going to spend some time in prayer, a time to encourage one another, a time to lift one another up. And we are at all different points of our journey. But all of us have a step of faith that we can take to be closer to what God is calling us into. Regardless of where we're at on our journey, it is a lifelong pursuit. There's always more that we can learn and more that we can understand and more that we can grow in in understanding the ministry that God is gifting to us. And so let's encourage one another in that. I'd like for you to prayerfully consider being a part of a launch team that will be the core group starting this new worship gathering. And we're going to talk more in the weeks and months to come about what that looks like. But I want you to pray. I I know many of us said, yeah, that's a great idea to go do that as long as somebody else is doing it. But I want you to prayerfully consider what role you could play in launching this new worship gathering. Beyond what's comfortable, beyond what is safe, beyond what is known. But let's spend this time in prayer to one another. If you need prayer, we've got shepherds, and I'll be down front. We would love to pray with you. You can pray as a a life group, as a family, as friends. Move around the room and be praying with one another. Let's pray. God, we thank you for the gift that you give us of ministry. Sometimes it doesn't feel like a gift. But God, you give us this great gift to be your ministers of grace. God, thank you for that. And show us what it means to live out that ministry in our day-to-day lives. It'd be unique for each of us. With our own abilities and our own life stages and our own journeys, but God, will you reveal to us and show us how we can be your ministers? We thank you for Jesus. We thank you for your promise of faithfulness, and we thank you for your promise of new life.